This is the Squeaky Bum Time Podcast, a CFCP production with Mike and Laurent. Yeah, we're going. We've got uh, Mike finally has a professional microphone. He's now holding a giant cock in front of him. Hey one, day, one day I'm going to post all these videos uh, without you knowing. It's going to have my dirty garage in the background. There's it's going to have me picking my nose. Definitely a cum rag out there somewhere that I have to find. <laughs> or it might be the cat's vomit. It's one or the other. <laughs> I'm trying desperately to find our review section because you, there was some news this week. Oh, we got this. We, we're, we've really made it to the big time now. Whatever. I can find it on my phone. So, yes, we, we are officially a big deal. We have officially been anointed in the uh, podcast community because we got a negative review on uh, yeah, and a Apple Podcasts. Very good. A very, very good, a very good one. And I'll read it for the fans. Uh, one star. Wait, you have to read the, the title. The title. The title. Two idiots with a microphone. Now, at this point, bang on. She, whoever this is, I could not agree more with thank you. Thank you. We've never said we weren't, so thank yeah, you. No, we, you are correct in your analysis so far. <laughs> She's so, only going to listen to three minutes, so hurry up. Right. So three minutes into the second episode, there are already so many factual inaccuracies that it is clear these idiots, again, idiots, one, know nothing about women's sports. Now, to be clear, this was about the Alex Morgan and – it's all about the, the laundry shirt, thing, yes. The laundry thing that we did in the second episode, which, by the way, is our most listened to episode. So thank you to everybody out there. Um, <laughs> thank you. And and two, have the hubris. What a dick measuring word to use, by the way. Hubris. hubris. Fucking put it back in your pants. Well, to it's a woman, episode, so it's definitely not putting hundred percent. Or do, maybe she's maybe she's the type of woman to go suck my dick. Like in, no, uh, she would say suck my dick in this because she, she needs to be one of those that asserts how smart she is sort uh, of thing. You know what? I probably know her, which is scarier. Oh, I'm sure you do. <laughs> is so, that my so, sister? Simone, why would you do this to me? That's Actually, so evil. my sister would never use the word hubris. I don't think she knows what it is. She works in the ER and is a PA and doesn't know what the word hubris is. You know what? She knows it and wouldn't have the hubris to use it. She, yeah, she is the opposite of hubris. So, okay, one, know nothing about women's sports. Two, have the hubris to do an episode on women's sports and express strong opinions. How dare we, Laurent? I know. About how they should be run differently without following any said sports or doing any research. Now that's half correct. I don't follow any women's sports. I will never follow any women's sports. With that said, I, I do. I love Manchester city women. You do. And I did a lot of homework for that one. So I kind of take umbrage with that part. Cause I was like, actually I looked up attendance numbers. I looked up how many U S women were playing overseas and where <laughs> that right there is more research than I've done for any of our shows. I know. So, and, and listen, Hey, we know, I watched Alex Morgan. She played this week against Manchester United. She didn't get any service because fucking Spurs don't have a person to get her the ball. She's got yeah. her son on the sideline talking to press. It's like talking it's to like press having... and, and Tobin Heath. It was cool to see the aunties there. So, hey, I fucking watched the goddamn game, cocksucker. <laughs> see that? We are fans. Well, one is a fan and one does research. But so it got me thinking. Although about they were playing in Brentford, which was weird. I don't know what they were doing. Or Barnum. Yeah, they, well, they don't play. They only play in the stadium like once or twice. Like, well, they don't they, have their own stadium. Well, City does. They, they sort of do. I don't know exactly. But and I know City, that they have City's a City's having their worst play. season. We lost to Chelsea on two handballs because the handball rule is stupid. That's another topic for another day. Anyway. Okay. Well, so and it got me thinking about one of the topics that I wanted to dive into today. And, and the international break is perfect timing for it. And it's. <laughs> Uh, you know, how, how cancel culture sort of showed up in sports five, six years ago and nobody noticed or said anything. Mm. Um, and, and it was, it was strange because 
at the how? International what what example? What do you mean by cancel? Oh, I've, oh, I've got examples. Thank you. Very oh, much. okay. Uh, so, uh, as you well know, there is an organization. Uh, oh, I know what you're going to talk about. Sorry, yes. go ahead. The, there's an organization of fans uh, that summarized the U.S. soccer fandom, if you will, and they're an okay. organization known as the American Outlaws. Now, right, but that, this so. Ron, but to be clear, this is like your entry into live sport soccer yes. fandom okay yes without question and all they all their mission statement was to do was to unite and strengthen all u.s soccer fans around the country um in in factions and smaller local chapters uh, but also to create that european soccer fandom experience for american fans and to be honest it was sort of uh it was fine right but it was actually for a while it was a great time all you would do is you'd go to the local bar you would get a couple of bucks off every pint if you wore some red white and blue stupid shit which yeah. i had plenty of and I, know. Uh, I i find it as a symbol of oppression and destruction of indigenous peoples on this columbus day <laughs> that's right happy columbus day um we both had off today because we're unemployed uh <laughs> we celebrated columbus day so anyway but so uh american outlaws became quickly unsustainable right as they got bigger and bigger over the course of the country and one of the things in early 2015 i was at a game they created something called ao watch what AO Watch was, uh, it was basically a tattletale system within the, the, the supporters section. So but not do surprise, what? Well, imagine my surprise when we're playing Mexico, right? And by the way, even in the U.S., it's 75% Mexico fans. Um, and we've got our section and we're going in this and that. Now, listen, I'm not going to say that I hate Mexicans. What I'm saying is I hate the 11 players in front of me wearing green, white, and red. And I want them to lose for the next 90 minutes. For the next 90 minutes, I don't like them, right? Yeah, sport hate. It's the same Scheidenfraud we talked about last week, right? Yeah. So what they basically said was any – and there was a – you will have songs about your team and you will have songs making fun of the other team. Now they're not that bad because if, listen, I can think of two, maybe three words and phrases right off the top of my head that even me would go, Whoa, dude, calm down. Right? Like, but having so, a laugh. <laughs> well, well, not even that, right. It would be a little over the line. Nothing really See you next happened. Tuesday stuff. Uh, it would be more like, um, uh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to something about, uh, your, the opposite side of your front, let's say, right. Uh -huh. Being a little bit moist. Shall we say. <laughs> right, 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 right. So, but yeah, no, nobody was going to that extremes. It was, there was a joke about Pancho Villa's army because that was like the, the Mexican version of American outlaws. Who the fuck <laughs> is Pancho Villa? Who the fuck is Pancho Villa? Where is That's his? not bad. Not bad at all. But so you got. You got this, this woke culture sort of infiltrate American outlaws. And, and then you had uh, what basically became as a giant tattletale system, like I oh, mentioned. And, yeah, and, and now you're eating each other alive within the same section. Oh, and it got to the point where I just, I just washed my hands. It was one of those things where you got too close to it and see how the sausage is made. And it was terrible. And I'll say this. I have a lot of very, very close friends who I met through the American outlaws experience, and it was wonderful. I, I met a handful of the guys who ran the thing. But again, they, they, it got too big for them. They were not capable of handling it at that level. And then they panicked, right? I remember vividly the AO Denver chapter during the Women's World Cup in 2015. They tweeted, uh, the women were playing Colombia. You can already tell where this is going. Uh, South American and Latin American players, both men and women, have a propensity, and Laurent can back this up. For diving. To, uh, to dive, right? To be a little bit dramatic. No, on they play to win. They play to fucking win, but they do it in a way, right? And, and they're no, rewarded you, for this misbehavior. Yes, because if you want to argue about soccer, you should dive. And, and it's not unique to them. Portuguese, Spain, France. Everyone dives. Everyone dives. And you if know you don't dive, was? you're now trying to win. 
the funny thing was it was the thing for a while that the Americans didn't dive. It's like, cause you're too stupid not to do it. Right. So yeah, dive. So, so somebody wrote on Twitter, uh, AO Denver account, whoever was running like the admin goes, boy, the, the Colombian women are going down. Like the, um, the ground is made of a fine white powder. Now to me, that's, that's pretty funny. That's pretty good. And that's also not over the line. You could have gone a number of different ways there. Sure. That's Listen, pretty good. It's funny. It's over. The, it is. It's a little over the line. Okay. It's stereotypical. I don't know. Yeah, right. Oh, you, know, you want to talk about uh, Escobar's rhinos? That would have right. been fine. Right. Uh, oh, hippos. Excuse me. So within, within <laughs> that was like the second half of the game. By the time the game had ended, AO Denver had, had taken it down, had apologized for the tweet, had said that the guy who wrote the tweet was being spoken to, which by the way, you're all grown adults. If there's a grown adult talking to me and chastising me, I'm either going to punch you in the face and break your nose, or I'm going to walk away because you have no domain yeah. over me. Knock it yeah. off. Well, the other, the other problem is, and this is like, we can go into like massive madness, right? Here's a newsflash. Twitter's not real life. Well, that's, yeah, no, that's, that's true. It's really but- not. It's literally a place where journalists hang out. They see things on Twitter. They make them into news stories. And then fake life becomes real life because they made news on Twitter. Right. Twitter is not real life. It's no, it's not. Bullshit. It's not. Although I live most <laughs> and, of and my And the outrage right machine now. is just turned up to 40,000 on Twitter. And, uh, you know, I don't care. But, yeah, that's bullshit. And it sucks. And I feel the same way. Like, when I would go to – when I went to the first season and a half of – NYCFC, it was the Yankee Stadium security that just it just didn't seem to get soccer right. or like didn't seem to remember that the entire bleacher bum culture was talking about people taking it up the ass. Like yep. it was specifically Red Sox fans, but yes. But you know, they were just trying to bring this whole thing. Now, according to my friend Mike, another friend Mike, whose name is Egg to differentiate from you, Egg said that it actually got really Nazi back there, which made me excited. I was like, oh, our soccer culture is getting Nazi. We're going in the right direction because that's where it starts. You need to have Nazis as soccer fans to sort of really get it going. And that's our Hitler mention of the week. It always shows up. We never know when. Well, you know, <laughs> well because, because on the other side, you have Portland, right? They, they're like the Red Guard. They literally put red yeah. arrows for something from Germany from the 30s, and they got in trouble for that too. So... MLS is tries U.S. soccer tries to keep politics out of soccer when in fact it's kind of the point. It, it all goes together. It's actually yeah. makes culture in teams cultural, right? Like right. Liverpool is always super duper union, super duper left. You know, you have like fascist teams. It's a lot of fucking Lazio where they do salutes. I mean, there's a lot of shit going down that Americans are just like, wow, that shit's <laughs> crazy. You're yeah. telling me the death squads in the Serbian war? were recruited from Red Star Belgrade Ultras? Yes. Yes, they were. And then they killed people. It's crazy because they all knew how to fight. <laughs> uh, they were very good at that. So anyway, yeah, that's just the beginning. So we're not there yet, but I'm glad we're getting there. Actually, this is a good sign uh, in our soccer culture that we're getting weird yes. and pretending to be hooligans. And you see fat old guys fight each other in, in, in New Jersey when Red Bull and NYCFC play. Absolutely. And it's like and three for- guys. Which One more point before we, before we switch gears into something meaningful. Uh, if you are listening to this angry reviewer, we would love to have you on the pod. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. We're happy. Tweet. We're happy to have anybody. Tweet anybody. at us. We'll take anyone. 
tweeted us oh. find our instagram if you found our podcast you can find us on twitter squeaky bum pod or our instagram find us yell at us there we will invite you on and you can yell at us and we will laugh because and you know what happen. maybe you'll teach us about women's soccer explain to us to you why we're wrong i'll be happy yeah. okay i would be happy to have a conversation about why my idea about playing for laundry, the laundry is wrong but i mean I, I'm, I'm open to it so again <laughs> this is an open invitation to right. angry and so and so podcast so, review yeah and with that, you know, we're, we're talking about business. We have the big story in the Premier League was this leaked uh, document called the Project Big Picture. Some real fucking uh, ad wizards there. <laughs> it, sounds like, it sounds like one of the ideas in one of the Austin Powers movies, like preparation. What is Project Big Picture? Mm. <laughs> uh, I, I ranted on about it because I got excited, but uh, I, I want to hear Mike's thing. I'll just read off the key points that I've got here. So, this comes from Liverpool uh, and Manchester United mostly, and it is uh, a way to address some of the inequality in the football league between the Premier League and the, re- and the other 92 teams. So it's called Project Big Picture. The Premier League would be reduced to 18 teams. The relegation system would be more in line with Germany, where two teams go up and down automatically like they do today. But the third place team would then be a playoff to play with the 16th place team. So the third team that would have gotten relegated normally in the premier league would then be in a playoff with the other team that'll actually allows for a team to stay up i was uh, told there would be no math yeah i know it's tricky league cup and community shield eliminated which i, I support agree because I support. league cup i love i don't care it's something we're, we're gonna win it this year and you're gonna it's gonna be a terrible podcast episode it's gonna be a great podcast episode uh, and, and then the this this part is where it's tricky controlling power being given to the nine clubs in the league the longest uh, I don't understand how, what they mean by longest or how they figure that out. The Premier League would give 25% of its annual revenue to EFL clubs. Sounds really good, but they kick two teams out of the league, so can they're I not ask, really giving them anything. Can I ask uh, one question there? Um, I, was, and I was trying to read through this and understand it, but I thought that was going to be a temporary measure as a function of saving the EFL because of all the COVID shit. That's been no, this on. is an opportunity to is, redo it the way they handle everything today. Okay. And then that last one, the Premier League would give $250 million to the EFL and $100 million to the FA. Now, the FA is, again, this is Ooh, the FA is the overall organization that runs all soccer in all of England. So from grassroots all the way up, they have jurisdiction over that. The EFL represents the professional clubs of English football, okay. except for the Premier League. Right. So and there's so one other major point. There's one other major point that you missed is the stadium uh, give back clause or whatever it is. What is that? Uh, it means basically anybody in the last decade who has made stadium renovations or right, 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 right. Yeah, that's gets that, up to they can get up to two hundred and fifty million dollars now. For this, but this is so that's all so a clause to try and get Tottenham yeah, but, and, but as a, and but as, Everton involved. Right, but as Americans, this is normal, right? This, sure. NFL has a system like this, a centralized system of helping people pay for stadiums because there's pooled revenue and it helps teams sort of offload offload debts. So a lot of this is is altruistic and looks like a good idea, right? It's letting money that the Premier League makes, which it's really 80-20. Like the Premier League makes 80% of the revenue with 20 teams. And out of those 20 teams, three of them make all the money, right? And then it lets it redistribute. And that sounds all well and good and it's all cool and everything until you go, whoa, 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 whoa. This controlling interest part, that's where it gets a little bit like, oh, I see. I give money 
so that I can control the leak. Anyway, you go ahead and, and have your thing because I made a whole recording and I'm already contradicting myself. No, yeah. No, <laughs> no I, I was actually going to lean on you for this part because I'd seen it. And like I mentioned the stadium thing because I think it's important as a function of there's just it's, – it's different arms of this, different clauses to try and get more in, uh, buy-in from different clubs. The way that I read it originally yesterday was Liverpool and United want to take over the league. And I went, okay, that makes sense. But that's a, um, but that's a strong statement. They already run the league. Uh, for the most part, but but you know, so you've got teams like, like I mentioned, Liverpool. I'm sorry, uh, Everton and and Spurs, who are either have just completed or about to have these big stadium projects that are going to cost just about a billion dollars. I read that st- uh, Spurs could get 125 million back. So, so that's going to get Daniel so, Levy's attention. So to me, you know, you got you have to sort of know this is not new, right? This is a constant push that happens since basically television money got into sports. This is the same story that happened in the U S with regional sports network. It happened. If you know the history of media in sports, essentially they were at this low, low, low level cable comes around and then boom, everything takes off. So it's the same story in the premier league. It's not a coincidence that premier league starts in 1992. Uh, It's when sky, which is their cable equivalent takes off because England's poor. It took 10 years for them to get it there. Anyway. Yes. This is a power grab. It makes sense. Right. That owners of these teams control them. There's no central authority. So if you have 20 teams that are after their own particular self-interest, if there's no central authority, like a commissioner who's running a league, because the Premier League is not a league. It is a holding company to sell television rights. Yeah. The guy who runs the Premier League, his sole job is to get high uh, cost for new renegotiating a deal. They don't represent the league in and of themselves. They literally are just a sales guy. So Richard Scudamore, who used to do that before, yes. was killer, and they have another guy. I don't even know who it is. Well, that's what I was going to say. But they have not really successfully replaced Scudamore yet, have they? Because they, they had a woman, and she left, and something else happened. I don't like know what's three people there. leave in like a year. Anyway, it's not important. Yeah. That's really not the relevant. So, so what's happening is, is you have individual teams that are trying to grab control over this money that they spent. And as an American who lives in sports like this, this seems completely normal. Why is this weird? Now, um, I think the thing that, that I keep thinking when I read through this, like I mentioned, they're trying to get Everton and Spurs involved and all that stuff to, to, to get a controlling interest. All they need is, is, is a majority and they'll be able to do this. Right now, in order for something to pass in a Premier League, you need 14 votes. Of 20. Of okay, 20. So, so two-thirds right. vote. Right? So right now, the big six, the six, what were they calling them the six? But it's United, sorry, it's, Let's just go through the table because it's basically who it is. It's Liverpool, Manchester City. United, Manchester City, Arsenal, Tottenham, and some sixth team. Oh, who's Everton. the sixth No, it's not. There's a sixth team. Chelsea. Chelsea, right. There you go. Chelsea. Those teams essentially get outvoted, and they're the high-revenue teams, right? Yep. Uh, United, Liverpool, because of the virtue of their history, still make a lot of money. They've, they've lived it. They earned it by playing it on the field. Chelsea and Manchester United. Uh, Arsenal are sort of like the middle child. And then and Arsenal and Spurs are weirdly the middle siblings in this group. And then the nouveau riche, the two ones who just have unlimited money, apparently. Uh, one as a money laundering scheme and one as a country laundering scheme. Uh, <laughs> so Chelsea for money laundering, uh, Manchester City for, cult, for cultural laundering. Uh, I don't care. It's money. I don't care. Yeah. My team wins. Um, and, and that's really where those sides line up, right? But if you go to nine, 
teams to control the vote. Then you get Villa. Then you get Everton, who have been historically big teams in the Premier League. Right. Uh, and, 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 and if you can, and English and English football history is well. right. But if and if you can, you know, kind of market this to a Villa and say, hey, you know that you guys are a big boy now. Yeah. Right. You've been scraping to get by. Now you're going to get a bigger piece of the pie, and well, that's going to help now, you. But, but here's historically, let's just be clear with that was Aston Villa. The last five years are the anomaly. Historically, yes. they have been a they've been a club that's there. Well, right? you, but for every for every club that's there, look at Leeds. Same thing, right? Like they've yeah, been Le- struggling for a while. But well, Leeds, my point but is, Leeds had been relegated. They were they were yes, a but, famous club, but they were not a big revenue club. But what I'm saying, and this is true probably for Newcastle, is in this category someone. Yeah, a little well. bit. Yeah. You've got those those sort of now also rands who you're like, here's how you can come back and punch above your weight against the big boys. Right, right. now but who this I hurts, about this, this hurts ah, the bottom yes. half of the league a yes. lot. Like it helps everyone in the championship and below, like your, your, I don't know what a good, your, your, your Colchester United. No, not even more like your Nottingham forests, your Middlesbrough's, but your teams that are in the premier league today, they lose a lot of power. So right. Burnley, um, uh, a West Ham, uh, all these sort of middling, middle, middle of the road clubs who aren't in that top nine are sort of yo-yo clubs. They go up and down. Maybe, maybe your Norwiches because they're also getting rid of the parachute payment. So that's where this, which if you don't know this, when you get rel- when you come into the Premier League, you get a year of the Premier League TV money. Then you have a degrading n- amount of money. So when you go into the Championship, you're flush. The job is to try and get you back up. And the goal of that was so that you didn't just like lose all the money and try and spend to stay in. So it was, right. it was a less of a thing. So teams have been living going up and down, right? Burnley was doing it. Uh, uh, Norwich was doing it for a while. Norwich just is that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they go up and down. Um, poor but but it, it is a power grab. It is a way to share revenue. I think it's too radical. It feels like a Trumpian uh, uh, balloon, like a like an idea balloon. Like, hey, what about this? And then you see where the reaction is. Yeah. Um, I think they're. I think that they'll lose on the controlling interest piece. Maybe that might be a problem. Um, but I, I get why the teams are doing it. Like, I don't know why. Like, the to me, the thing that's interesting is the is the English punditry reaction. It's just like, it's outlandish. It's the worst thing ever. I'm like, what the fuck? What sport are you watching? Like, what do you think is gonna happen? So I, I don't know. I don't understand it. It's like I'm never going to a Premier League game again. Don't go. Yeah, no, you'll you'll be fine, uh, and they'll be fine without you. Uh, so the, and the other predict this like, for me. You have this wonderful league and pyramid system. That goes, you could you can go top to bottom. Like right. you could make a new team, and love it more than anything in the whole world, and latch it grow. It's conceivable. It can be Hypothetical, done. Hypothetically, yeah. Hashtag United. Yeah. Well, so, more like uh, hash. Yeah. Hashtag United. Exactly. Don't yeah, forget. Right. To so <laughs> that's right. So okay. So then predict for me five years from now. After this has been, you know, in in you know the whole process has been going through. Half a decade goes by, and hashtag United is the greatest team in in Europe. And obviously, well, they would but still be pretty far how, away, even at no, even, I know, I know, I know, I know. but but thirty years from now, sure, um, why not? Yeah, yeah, sure, but but f- even five years into the future, are we into the United Liverpool Arsenal three headed monster where everybody else is separated, right? And uh, pick whoever three you want, right? But like, is it? Is the separation that much more? Are we kind of creating what is in Bundesliga and, and in La Liga where 
the middle, the, the strength of the Premier League right now at least is the revenue sharing. It's well from a from a neutral fandom perspective is that Sheffield United can come up and finish ninth. So, but but that's because of they have a strong revenue sharing system, right? The right. TV contract is shared between the twenty teams. Yes. Manchester United may have their own TV channel, but that TV channel is international. They make the the revenue that is making the Premier League so strong. It's actually strong top to bottom. Like right. if we went through every team, we could find two guys at least that are just like, yo, that dude's good. Or like yeah. teams coming up, right? You know, all of a sudden Villa's up one season, a season later, they just beat Liverpool 7-2. That's like, holy shit, that just happened, right? Right, but, but are up. we worrying, like use Villa as a great example. In, in five years, are we, are we kneecapping the Villas and the Sheffield Uniteds of the world, right? Like, are we making the league less compelling because that middle chunk of teams isn't as competitive and isn't as good? I, I don't, unless you do like deep revenue sharing and you get rid of the cutthroat competitiveness of relegation, you're always going to have a split, right? Uh, it's really yeah. hard to get up into that Liverpool, Manchester City, Manchester United dominance. Like even my team, right? Manchester City has spent $3 billion on players, has been in the Champions League now for almost 10 years straight, won three leagues. We're not even close to as big as Liverpool. No, no, no. But I'm not saying, I'm not saying. I'm just trying to give scale. Like it's really hard. Yeah. yeah. But what I'm saying is, yes, but the, but then the, the, from what I can tell, and maybe I'm wrong, the gaps get further apart than with this. No, because what happens is like you said, the the middle and the back end of the The gaps get further apart because they have no say. Like they could be a Premier League meeting where they go, you know what? Revenue is now going to go 50% to the first team. 30% 30% to the next team, 20% to the third place, and then uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, and then the other 20% goes to the rest of the teams. Right, right, right. Because the top nine can now vote. That's, so it's, that's it's the problem. The, it's the overreaching of the executive branch. Thank you, Barack Obama. Yeah, but, yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah, yeah. If you give <laughs> – if you now, they have to argue with each other, right, sure. to get those nine but votes. But the nine you could matter. really, really fuck the bottom half of the league. Right now, those yes. teams really hold on to the parity. And the story I heard was that the straw that broke the camel's back was the five substitution thing uh, that came out of Project Rest- came out of the restart in the Premier League, where you had five subs, but in three occasions, and that was to help players who are coming back. They're playing four games in a week, give it more things. Sure. The lower half of the league was like, I ain't got fifteen players. Oh yeah, fuck y'all. I don't have to play extra right. games. I'm playing once a week. You guys don't get your extra subs because uh, the 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 three the extra the two extra subs okay. for Liverpool are as, are the best players on ninety percent right. of the team. They're Origi and Diego Jota, right? Exactly. Or whoever they had last year, right? Who who would be start? I mean, maybe not maybe not Origi, but who would be starters in any league outside of this league, right? So so that's where it's right. coming from, and that was where they were like, you know what? Enough with this bullshit. Why do I have to listen to fucking you know Burnley? And I, why do I not know any other goddamn teams? I need to look at the table because it's making me mad. <laughs> I got you. I got you. Why do I have to listen to Southampton yeah. and bitch and moan and complain that James Ward-Prowse is only playing once a week and we don't need another guy off the bench? Right. See, there's a good why example for you. You're welcome. Right. I got you. Why do I have to listen to West Brom? They just were here. They're up and down. Why do I have to listen to fucking Newcastle and right. douchebag fucking Mike Ashley trying to just steal my money because he's a scumbag? Or hey, why Watford. do I have to listen to Fulham? Like, why do I have yeah. to listen to any of these teams? I am this league. I, my team 
put it on its back. It's me, Manchester United, saying this, Liverpool saying this, Arsenal saying this. It's us going around the fucking world on planes that we pay for and selling all the shirts that are putting this league everywhere in the world. Fuck you, people. Right. So it's a kind of it's kind of like to put it in a in a in a North American perspective, right? Like it's as if the Toronto Maple Leafs or the New York Yankees were like, "I am this fucking league. You don't matter without me." Which we're they, gonna do what I want to do. Which, which they, they're right. Well, maybe which they Leafs. were. They they all all the teams at some point in the fifties and sixties did give it up, right? Yeah. So the famous thing with Pete Rozelle in the NFL was like he went to the Maras for the Giants. It was like, just let us negotiate TV rights altogether. The league will lift as a group, right? Because he didn't want to have what happened with baseball, right? Where local TV revenue is what drives baseball, and the only reason that you have more parity in baseball now is because. C-League, a small market owner, negotiated the online rights fee to be equally distributed. So all that BAM money is equal. Even though the Yes Network and the LA Dodgers Network still drives a lot of revenue, he made sure that the future money, when everything goes online, there will be a fight. Well, that and a, and a soft luxury, uh, a soft salary cap known as the luxury tax, right? So Also, uh, the entirety of the last... 50 years designed to stop the Yankees from winning the league. That's correct. And they've been mildly successful. Been very um, successful. Yeah. We haven't won one in 11 years. I'm pissed about it. <laughs> I'm but fucking I mad. I, I just, I just it, again, this gives me more hatred for the NFL. Why does everyone think the NFL is the league to be? Just because they ma- manage, just because they make the most money, they're also the most evil. They're also like because the most plantation sport in the goddamn universe. Because culturally, culturally, they have embedded themselves in American lives as much as the Premier League has in England. They've succeeded. Right, but they could have done it. Actually, the thing that they've done, and I do, I think Roselle was a genius, by the way, not because I like the product. He knew, and they still hold on to this, most of our games on over-the-air television. It would be like if the Premier League was on BBC. And it's not right. <laughs> it would be like yep. if all major league baseball was still game of the week, Thursday, uh, you know, Saturday afternoon on NBC, yep. but there were no other games, right? That's yeah, how yeah. you really want it. And you control that story. Right. But now there's just, there's just so many games on it. You just don't even care. You're like, Oh, there's a game yeah, on. It's right. not a big deal. Right. Like Sunday night baseball. I used to go home and watch it. Speaking respect. Joe Morgan died today. Oh, that's right. I used to watch Sunday night, I'd go to my brother's house and watch fucking TV of the day. Uh, the Sunday night baseball game with John Miller was an event. Now it doesn't yeah. mean anything. So no, you're right. anyway, I think really, if I really want to put a ball on this, my long-term view is should Europe continue as an entity? <laughs> a little shaky. That's not uh, a bubble. That's a, that's a shotgun into a new, uh, a new conversation. But anyway. Keep no, going. no, but and I'll, I'll bring it back to it. I yeah. think there'll be a super league. I think the Champions League at some point will simply break off and just be like, fuck you. Yeah. And make and go to court and make and sue UEFA and sue whatever and be like, this is what's going to happen. Manchester United, Liverpool, Manchester City, Real Madrid, Barcelona, Juventus, uh, AC Milan, Inter, Bayern Munich, and fucking and and Borussia Dortmund. We're starting our own league. Yep. Bye. And that's will be the league. And that will fucking you want that that's that will that will be what they threaten. If you don't give me this, I have We're these guys. We're ready to go. Yep. And it's and so a, interesting to me that what, they're what, so what, close but, to it. But UEFA will say, we'll kick your players out of the tournaments, and the players will be like, I don't give a fuck. They're going to yeah. pay. We have a TV deal in line that's 50 times what any of these things are, and we're ready to go. We will yeah. be the biggest league in the world. Oh, absolutely. Period. 
And if you think if you think that if they were to even try and hold some like international value over them, like you you can't play for your country if you're doing this, they'll make another league there too. Yeah, they'll just fucking make one up. <laughs> I mean, it is a you know some of the things that would be for like if I owned a team, what and I and I've heard Don Garber from MLS say this. The idea that there's some extra national group that controls your league and your progress and your rules, it's got to drive you crazy. Like, I know MLS wants to change the rules and do yeah. replays and, cha- and do this, but they have to go by IFAB. And, you know, you want to do all this stuff. But, oh, we have to go through UEFA. Uh, that's not us. We got to go through FIFA. Like, do you, think the ML- do you think Premier League wants that handball rule? They'd be like, no, fuck you. But you have to go through the same rules because everyone's playing, right? So... I think if they went to a super league, they could really control and change the game. And maybe, you know, a lot of old timers will be like, this is bullshit. But for Americans, we'll be like, that looks like what I would do if I were going to start a league. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it will be every, every week we'll have four absolute insane matchups. You'll have oh, something along the lines of like Messi Ronaldo twice in like twice. Right, but it won't mean anything after a while. That's the yeah. problem. I right know. that's I the know. problem is is the but those first five years though oh my god yeah hook, no, it, hook but, it right into my veins yeah yeah no but and then you you have to find a way to have people play in and out that's the tricky part too right I, that's what i was thinking about as a tottenham fan who is going to be on the fringe forever you would be on the fringe forever right. exactly yeah. well i mean you don't know right if your stadium opens up and you're able to get that revenue source going and from yeah. an in-game revenue perspective you can get to arsenal which is the number one in-game revenue experience in england in mm-hmm. the world probably they fucking expensive then you might be able to compete and then try and have your own things but i think the competition in europe is really good and you know what my saying and, and i wrote in my notes and in my rant was just like fa efl all those 72 teams do better yeah make more money like well i i, I like i i watch the championship right i watch english championship football and i see the international package they literally have the same intro for three or four years in a row. Like they're not spending money to make a compelling package. Like the ne- like if one thing, I, this is going to go even deeper, but, and I don't care. The, the thing with like watching hashtag United, right? There's this young guy, he may, they do half hour things of a league one of the 10th tier of English football, right? It's compelling. There is a story there. The football is not what's driving it. It's the narrative. You can take the championship and make it a really, really good story. Oh, absolutely. But you have to, one of the things the players have to do, they have to start being shedding all the skin of just like, stop being boring. Let them make a story. Every season is behind the scenes. Every team is behind the scenes. You make it into, oh my God, this local kid who is 10 years old, we're now on year three. He's now making the first team. The EFL could do that. They're just not, it's just old people who don't, who just, what do you mean it's not football? I'm like, make it football. <laughs> like, and I think how, of it how a lot how, Sutherland how, show. Oh, God. I, yeah. Oh, I don't, that made me sad just thinking about it again. It's um, so sad. <laughs> it's so sad. It's I, so uh, good, <laughs> It's great. Uh, I think of it how Major League Baseball uses the minor leagues or whatever they're going to use, the, like the Atlantic, Atlantic League now, right? They test shit out. They get weird. This whole second base in extra innings thing, they didn't pull that out of their ass. That was in minor leagues for the last three years. They had data. They saw what it did, right? So I think what you're saying is you do that and you make the, the lesser uh, products more compelling. Guess what? The Liverpools, the Uniteds, the Tottenhams, the Arsenal. They'll do it too. They're going to do it too. Right, right. 
Anyway, I think we're ranting and raving and going on to a, a crazy place. Let's wrap it up. I have to go that's give Aveline a bath, which is creepy. Here. Oh, that's okay. Well, that, that, you're going to put that on YouTube at one point too, huh? No, uh, no, no, no. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not uh, I took one picture of Aveline taking a bath once and one of my mom's crazy friends are like, pedophiles are going to come after you. I'm like, I'm in my house. Don't like, they're not masturbating to three-year-olds. Well, maybe they are. Maybe, maybe they are. Hitler. Anyway. <laughs> so Thursday, we are, we are back with uh, previews for the weekend, and we're really excited about it. We're going to have oh. Jesse Marshall from The Athletic on, our first guest. We're very, very excited to have oh. him. He's a, like I mentioned last week, he is a West Ham fan. We are going to have him on, so look out for that. We have We've to got try not lot- to talk. <laughs> and we got to let him talk. He's much smarter than us. Uh, we, have to, we have to go through a, a lot of games, right? We've got Tottenham West Ham, which is going to be fun for me and Jesse. We've got uh, City versus Arsenal, right? Is that, is that Correct. right? Correct. Liverpool and Everton. So there's a really, really great slate. A lot of good games. A lot, like a ton. Yeah. So we'll talk more about that on Thursday. We'll go through all the games and we'll have Jesse on as well. So look out for that. And of course, my favorite that I'm going to cover the most, the loser leaves home match, Burnley versus West West. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Burnley West Brom, right? So that's it for me, Laurent. What else you got? That's it. I've talked too much. You and have. I've, I've gone on a deep end. And please, our friend who gave us a negative review, please, please, please. We want you to be on the show. That was... The Squeaky Bum Time Podcast with Mike Salerno and Laurent Cortines. This was a crap football, crap pundit production. We will return on Mondays and Thursdays for the Premier League season. We will talk about soccer and other things that interest us. Mike is crazy. Laurent is insane. That's why it works.